Oh, you've already given up? Yeah, like I, I'd have like patches. Well, you just couldn't grow. Like, you just couldn't grow the sides. Three by three inches, which is no hair. Three by three—that's big. Yeah. I think you just gotta you just gotta go for it though and encourage it. Like, as as hairs see other hairs growing on your face, they get inspired to grow a little longer. Introduce the special guest, and uh, we'll get going. All right. Welcome to episode five of Man Talk presented by Jiwu Boys. Today, we got another very special guest. We have brought in the ringer for episode five. Uh, <laughs> we have a guy who's a great friend of me and Mike, was a former youth, youth pastor at Grandview, and now is a lead pastor at Calvary Gospel Church in Deansville. We got with us today, Andrew Mello. Melzi, what's up? Hey, boys. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Our pleasure. Um, we also got Mike with us. Mike, how you doing? Good. I'm doing good. That's good. Um, Melzi, like, I I haven't seen you in a while, and uh, tell me how uh, COVID's been hitting you. Oh man, it's been. Uh, it was already a, a big learning curve on the lead pastor scale, and mm. then you you throw COVID nineteen in there, and it's it's a whole new world, but. Um, like, like so many people who are probably listening, it's, it's changed our lives a lot. And, uh, some things it's been really cool experiences, other things it's, it's been struggles you got to push through, but, um, yeah, what a weird time we're in. Hey. Oh yeah. Uh, you got a, you got a young daughter at home, right? Peyton. How, how old is she now? She's uh, 20 months or yeah. 20 months at the end of uh, April there. So she's, uh, she's getting into the little girl phase. Nice. Got a little toot, but I don't think she got that for me. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> <My dear>. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, you uh, yeah. you mentioned uh, your your lead pastor. Now, how, how long has it been? It's been, uh, I guess, a month shorter than Peyton was born. So I guess we're at about nineteen months. We that long. We were, yeah, looking back on it. Um, I wouldn't necessarily advise that you learn how to be a dad the same time you're learning how to be a lead pastor, but um, it's been, you know, two really special experiences in my life pretty close to the same time. So yeah, I'm loving it. Um, what was that? I just, cause I know like the whole time um, you and I were together, you were a youth pastor um, at Grandview. Mm-hmm. What are like, what are the big differences between uh being a youth pastor than leading a congregation. Yeah, I, I think there are a lot of parallels. Like I know when I was a youth pastor, uh, the youth pastor community, we could, and, and I, you know, I, I point the finger at myself first, but you can, you can get in the habit of thinking like a lead pastor or other pastors have it easy. Cause you know, we're, we're in the grind doing nighttime ministry and um, you know, just what students are going through. You always, the grass is always greener, I guess. Right. Mm. And so um, then it's kind of really cool because now I'm in the other seat and I realize, you know, yeah, there's hard things about being a lead pastor and there were hard things about being a youth pastor. And so um, I think probably one of the biggest differences that I've noticed being the lead guy is when you're part of a, maybe a 10 person staff or whatever they have at Grandview, uh, the lead pastor, especially the one we had uh, um, longest with Steve, 
he uh, he just I think he took so many bullets for us when you know when we as as youth would get up to stuff we probably shouldn't have been up to he he would have my back and he would probably take bullets from the congregation whereas when you're the lead guy you get the bullets like if people aren't happy with what's going on in the church they they're going to tell you about it and uh, and you're going to be dealing with it right mm-hmm. um what are you are you doing online services right now for uh, because of the covid yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're mostly just on YouTube. We uh, we we truthfully we didn't do a lot online before COVID. So like a lot of other churches, we you know we're learning on the fly, and um, not not super highly technolo- technological, but we're you know just putting together a couple songs and my message and, and just trying to keep our people connected. What what's it like preaching to a camera? Oh, it's it's got to be one of the harder ministry experiences I've had. Like I, you guys know, um, when I'm talking to a congregation or a youth group, I just love feeding off how you guys are doing. Like if if you guys are just not paying attention at all, I know that I'm taking the life out of the room and I got to change it up and get on to my next point or maybe even throw in a story. Uh, when you're preaching to a camera, you you have no sense of if the congregation's with you or not. You don't get to see the guy sleeping in the front row and throw something at him. You, you're just, you're on your own. Right. Um, and so the first couple of weeks you, you could even check it out sometime. I was pretty awkward, I think. Uh, but I, as the weeks have gone on, I think I've become more myself and gotten comfortable. Um, yeah. You mentioned uh, last, last week, I don't know if you listened to it. We had Bernsey on and uh he had uh he just got married so we kind of wanted to pick his brain on what it like how marriage has changed him so i guess i want to do the same thing in in terms of being a dad like how did how did what is that taught about yourself um about aaron about being a christian like how has that changed you yeah it was it's it's got to be one of the like it's probably one of the more unique experiences i've had so far just um it, it totally changes your priorities and your, your social life. <laughs> your, um, like, like truthfully, everything starts to revolve around your little girl mm-hmm. and, um, and just taking care of her. And I think one of the biggest things, and I don't know if it's like, I certainly think I'll keep growing in this, but it just, it starts to take the selfishness right out of you. Right. Because yep. basically as, as long as they're awake and you're with them, uh, you're on. And, and even um, just, you know, taking your eyes off them for a minute and they, cause she's now, now she's on the move and she's actually getting pretty fast uh, for a little, for a little tyke. And um, she, yeah, it's, you just gotta be watching and you gotta like your own tendency to, you know, even watching sports at night, like just, just hanging out, wanting to, to have a me day. You, you can't really have that right. You're on, but it's, it's also, it just changes the way you think about life and, and thinking about, uh, you know, for us, our faith, like it changes the way you think about God relating to you. Because, you know, as you have love, like Aaron and I just keep having these moments with little Peyton where we're just like, I don't, I feel like I can't love a human being this much. Like how, I just love her more every day. And it's, you just start to picture what it's like, the, that sense of um, pride. I don't mean that in a, in a sinful way, but mm-hmm. that sense of just, I'm so I'm so in love with this little child, and you you just start to imagine what God thinks of us, right? Yeah, that's a cool way to put it. Uh, you you got any like crazy parentage stories you want to share? 
Crazy parenthood stories. Um, I, I don't know about crazy stories. I don't know. I don't know how much, uh, <laughs> I don't want to get myself in too much trouble. I guess, uh, hopefully Aaron won't kill me for saying this. We can always edit it out. Yeah. But, uh, we're, <laughs> we're right now, uh, at a stage where we're both working from home mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, it's not a huge story, but, uh, I, I was on Peyton duty and, uh, not duty. I was on getting to be a dad duty and Aaron was, was working and, uh, may have been checking a couple of emails and whatnot. And, uh, Peyton decided it was going to be the first time she tried out the stairs. <laughs> so uh, she, she did, uh, she did a little climbing before, uh, Aaron, I think it was heard her heard her having a blast on the stairs and ran and grabbed her and but thankfully she conquered them and she was amazing and didn't fall because I could have been in a lot of trouble but that was uh yeah that was a recent like oh man you're a bad dad Andrew and stop stop paying attention to your emails when you need to be taking care of Peyton yeah don't worry Andrew I think uh I think my parents have a story that I was on the like bathroom counter and they just looked away for a second I just like rolled off so oh, I'm going to hit my head. Probably. Uh, I'm still brilliant to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to say it. <laughs> I'll say it. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So last summer, I just enjoyed listening to you guys both talk there for a minute. Um, Mike is still here. <laughs> um, so, so last summer, um, some of us went down. Uh, some of the guys, the boys, we went down to uh your church to well we saw you preach for me it was the first time i think uh bernsey may have been down like before and a couple other times mm-hmm. um, but it was it was my first time there and then also this is just you know you're gonna think this is really weird that i remember this um but um when we came over to your house after i remember we kind of like went through your house like whether or not we really were supposed to be going upstairs or whatever we kind of went through and we kind of noticed that um we kind of noticed that you and like you look it looked like you and Aaron didn't sleep in the same uh bed the night before (laughs) you're getting us you're getting me in trouble here Mike yeah well no actually I'm I'm gonna give you I'm I'm gonna it's kind of a compliment um Cause I don't know the guys like didn't see it, but I was like, I was actually like, like fired up. I was like, that's so then like we asked you why um, you weren't where you weren't sleeping in the same bed the night before. Cause Dylan was like, Oh, did they get in an argument or whatever? Blah, blah, blah. So then I don't know. Do you want to explain like why? I don't know. Is that weird for you to do that? No, no, no. <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing bad uh, boys who are listening. Uh, so I, in my, in my sermon prep process, I guess, I just, um, you know, Saturday night, I go into the zone. Mm. And so um, just to try and take away the distractions in the sense of like, you know, maybe Aaron goes to bed later than me. Um, maybe I'm trying to get a good night's sleep, that kind of thing. I just usually Saturday nights, I, I'll sleep in my own room, get to bed in good time and wake up uh, at a stupid hour in the morning, Sunday morning to get back in the zone. And so, yeah, it's just a routine that we've had pretty much as long as I've been a lead pastor, I think. You, did, you oh, didn't yeah. do that for you? Okay, is, that so what I told, is that what so I told you the first time? Yeah, no, that's what I think it was something 
something along those lines. I think it might have involved Peyton as well. Just maybe her like getting up yeah. in the night. Oh and... yeah, yeah. You see, now we're a little out of that phase where she sleeps better at night. But yeah, in those days, she she would wake up. Like she didn't. She took a while to become a good sleeper, and so she would probably wake up every few hours or at least once or twice during the night. And so Aaron was was really sweet to to be the one to take her on Saturday night, so I could get a full night's rest. Okay. So this is what I heard when, when you said that. This is what I was thinking of. I was thinking of um, the story of David and Bathsheba. Oh, and boy. I was, yeah. Well, no, I, but like there's this, there's this like underlying, like there's this small character in that story, like Uriah, the mm-hmm. Hittite who was Bathsheba's husband. Poor so, guy. and it just, and it just reminded me of this line because I read that story like maybe last spring like may and i just couldn't help but thinking help but thought oh good words okay uh i couldn't help but keep thinking that uriah is uh a man i was like wow he's such a man so and this one line just uh made me think of i just thought of this when (laughs) you weren't and yeah anyways i'll just read it so uriah replied the ark or sorry, sorry. So when David heard that Uriah had not gone home, because he was trying to convince Uriah to go home and like sleep with Bathsheba, right? So mm-hmm. it could look like she got he got Bathsheba pregnant and that the mm-hmm. kid is actually theirs. So when David heard that Uriah had not gone home, he summoned him and asked, what's the matter? Why didn't you go home last night after being away for so long? Uriah replied, the ark and the, th- the, ark and the armies of Israel and Judah are living in tents and Joab and my master's men are camping in the open fields how could i go home to wine and dine and sleep with my wife i swear that i would never do such a thing so i just thought that was interesting that like uriah this is a man like he sacrificed like he sacrificed sleeping with his wife really for like the like israel the army of israel like Mm -hmm. i just thought that was that was cool and i thought you were kind of sacrificing um something for your church so I just thought, hmm, that's a very, I, I thought that was like a cool uh, manly move on your part. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, I appreciate uh, Yeah. I appreciate your application of that passage. That's makes it puts me in a good light. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kind of, yeah, it's a little bit humorous, but uh, you know. Yeah. So Nick, what oh, else? Do we got any yeah, sports news yeah, we want to talk about? Or? Get there, so, um, Obviously, there's not a whole lot to talk about, but some big news. Um, apparently, the NHL is going to come out with like a, a statement soon on when the the, the draft is going to be. And uh, I've heard rumors that it'll probably be early June, no matter when or if the season will continue. So, Melzi, like, have you read up on that a little bit? Yeah, just just a little bit, but I did. Yeah, that's an Elliot Friedman report, right? Yeah. So, like, what are your thoughts if they hold the draft in June, and then start the season in August? Yeah, that's it's so weird. Like, well, I guess that turnaround will be really like I've heard even it could be like a finish the playoffs in September or something. Have you heard those? Yeah. So you could like, it's so weird to have the draft before the playoffs are over. Well, and. Like my my big issue is uh, like if they continue the regular season after the draft, like that's what I don't get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're going back, like they're talking about going back to the old school draft 
where only only five teams get a real good shot at at the number one, right? Uh-huh. Which is like I'll just say as an Avs fan, I'll, I'll show my bias here. Oh, yeah, here we go. Um, coming off coming off two two drafts in a row where we should have had the best well we did have the best odds of first overall and drop into fourth overall both times um it's kind of it's like a kick in the gut a little bit right but at the same time it's i think everyone understands it's such a weird season for them they're just doing their best to to make it work for these 18 year olds and mm-hmm. also to get to get the playoffs in so i don't like as much as it yeah it's gonna it's going to really favor these teams that are, that are at the bottom. I, I, I think they're just doing like, I think we all just want to see hockey. Right. And we want to see where's, uh, I don't always pronounce his name wrong, but Lafreniere. Can you say that better for me? Lafreniere. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm not French Canadian, but I'm, I'm yeah, going to have to learn how to pronounce that one yeah, when, actually. Cause yeah, he's going to be he's, a center. So. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead. No, you go. You oh, go. I was just gonna ask Mike, like, what happens if, like, what place is Ottawa in right now? Well, they're second yeah. last, right? So I noticed there was another report that came out that they would, if they did the draft in uh, June, they would go back to the like 2012 format of the draft, where only the lot, like, bottom five teams are in lottery for the first hmm. pick. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that was that was really good. Like that's extra good news for Ottawa because they have two of those top they five have two picks. Yeah. Ottawa's, which is well, they because they have San Jose's oh, right. Dang. So and so San they, Jose's sitting third last. Yeah, and they can't. So Ottawa can't do worse than like third or fourth or something like that. Like no matter what, if they do the draft like this. Hmm. Yeah. Which, you go yeah, back. They're gonna to, get a good player. Yeah, and so going back to that trade with the abs not to you know salt in the wounds or anything everyone was thinking like the Sens franchise is devastated right like they're toast and now within what has it been like a year and a half uh, two years and they're like you know how th- good things are looking already for ottawa they had to go through some really like you know uh, a couple of really junky seasons and, and obviously the owner that's just rough but man it's not going to be long before there's some star players there again yeah Oh, thanks for saying that. I don't hear many people say that. Do you imagine? Imagine if well, I just like imagine if they go one-two in this draft. <laughs> oh, it'd be unreal. That would be unreal. Yeah. But and that could totally. It could, but I'm saying the thing that I don't agree with is if they continue the regular season after they already drafted. Which which would adjust adjust those rankings well, again, right? Is that what you're saying? Or like they say they took it. So say they go forward and have the draft June 7th or whatever, and then they continue and play out the regular season in August. Ottawa's in second last, San Jose's in third last, so that's when they draft. But say they finish the season off, and Ottawa actually ends up in last, and San Jose ends up in second last. Like, I just don't oh. – I don't think it's an accurate representation. Like, if they hold the draft, they can't, they can't have any more regular season games. That's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. The one thing is, like, with trying to get these these bottom teams back for any games, like, how none of these teams are going to be motivated to, like, the player, like, will they even come back in shape other than, I guess, you could get seriously injured. Yeah. But it's not it's not like they're really going to come back and compete, are they? That's a good point. Because they have to do, like, a training camp all over again. 
Yeah. Now, again, you're getting a pretty decent paycheck, so, so you'll report to camp, but I don't know if you're going to really worry about getting in shape. Huh. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Yeah. I heard Chris Letang was just treating this like uh, like an off-season. He's not even working out or trying to train to get better. <laughs> He's just treating it like an off-season. I thought that was a little silly. But... Yeah. I just heard Keith Kachuk do one of the uh, Hockey Central interviews, and both boys mm. are home with him, and like – Matt Matthews going hardcore, like getting ready for playoffs. And I think like, I don't think he was saying Brady was slacking off or anything, but Matthew was like totally in the zone for the playoff push. Well, but yeah, cause Brady really doesn't have like, what would he train for? Like there's no playoff for him. So yeah. Um, yeah. I can totally like, that makes sense. Those two, it's been actually fun watching both of those guys. They've been doing some like, uh, I don't know. I've just been seeing like uh, the NHL posting things about like the Kachuk brothers. Like they're, I think it's fun for their dad, Keith to like watch his two boys, like play like in at home, like basketball or like all these random sports um, and just see his two boys play like they did when like they were younger. Mm-hmm. So then, and it's fun for, and it's fun for me and like other fans to watch because I don't know, they're both, well, actually, Andrew, you have uh, you have Matthew Kachuk on your fantasy team. Yeah, and I have Brady Kachuk. You know, we both appreciate them quite a bit. Yeah. So every he probably is the guy who I get asked for trades the most. To be honest, he's, he's, to be honest, I think I think Brady is the guy I get asked for trades the most. They just they've got those extra categories that you need in our league. Yeah, they really do, but uh. I think Brady's the better Kachuk. <laughs> That's funny. I'll give it to you. I'm not that invested. <laughs> Will you actually? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I thought you'd argue a little more. No, man. I've uh, as much as I'm still chirpy, I've turned a new leaf. I don't. Uh, I don't get in fights anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Just teasing. Mm, okay. Oh, that's uh, Mike. You want to dive into this investment eternally, or you got more questions from Alzi? Yeah, no, we'll, we can dive into this investing eternally thing. So, yeah, what is this thing? So, last summer, I guess we didn't mention at the sports camp last summer, Melzi actually did come. He was the speaker on the day for investing eternally. Um, and investing eternally is actually, of the, I'd say, of the four characteristics of being a man that we talk about our vision of manhood, I'd say it's probably uh, one of the more difficult for me to explain to people. Um, so Dylan, he always, he's first said to me, he said, Oh, investing eternally. It's like, um, it's knowing that there's more to life um, than just yourself. Hmm. Um, and as I was preparing and thinking about this, just thinking about investing eternally before this podcast, I was thinking about how, um, well, when people invest, um, there's this, there's this sense of, um, sacrificing something for the future. You're kind of bargaining, you're kind of bargaining with the future. You're saying, okay, I'm going to give up something today. I'm going to sacrifice something now for the future. Um, so that's kind of, and there's actually this, uh, okay, maybe I'll give, there's this, illustration just to get us thinking there's this um i've heard this have you guys heard of the marshmallow experiment before 
Nope. I don't think so. Okay, so it's where actually, hey, you should try this with Peyton sometime. <laughs> um, so, so uh, yeah, just start your own like uh, psychology experiment on your daughter. Oh man. Um, okay, so it's like my I think my sister told me about this the first time I heard about it, but it's where um, they take like a uh, little kid, um, girl or boy, um, they like put a marshmallow in front of them, and they're maybe they're maybe two to four years old. And they put a marshmallow down in front of them and they say, okay, um, I'm going to, I'm going to leave the room. You can have this marshmallow right now if you want. Um, but I'm going to leave the room. Uh, and in 10 minutes time, if you don't eat that marshmallow, you can have two marshmallows <laughs> and they, and they, yeah. And they film, they film these children, like looking at the marshmallow, like over those 10 minutes. And it's funny because the kids, they start like squishing the marshmallow um, they start like touching it, poking it, like smelling, you know, they're really yeah. interested, like their, their entire fascination is with those marshmallows. And some of the kids, you know, they might like eat it right away. Um, or some of the kids actually will have um, the discipline and like sacrifice and like not give into their impulsive nature, nature to like take on that marshmallow right away. They'll like actually wait um, so that they can get a second marshmallow. Mm. So it's just an interesting experiment because I think that's oftentimes um, what we have to do in life. And I thought that kind of related to investing eternally. And that got me thinking a little bit about um, the story of Adam a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know exactly where we should, like we've been in, we've been in Genesis two and Genesis three um, quite a bit. Um, and I didn't know exactly where to go, but I did, um, I was thinking that right away, and Andrew, you, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, because um, I think, I've never thought about it in terms of investing eternally, but God says uh, to Adam in Genesis one twenty eight, he says, um, be fruitful and multiply. Um, so that just got me thinking that, right like that to me is kind of is it god kind of priming priming their minds to think about hey i want you to think about eternity i want you to think about um you know your your descendants like i want you to think about multiplying Hmm. um and so i don't know i hadn't really thought about that before and then this idea of being being fruitful like i want you to um take something i want you to create order i don't know fruitful is that when i think of fruitful then that makes me want to think of like john 15 Hmm. and that uh god is the gardener and jesus is the vine or that passage right yeah so i want to think but fruitful it's like oh well what does that mean like to me i'm thinking maybe that's like oh extracting some order out of like some disorder um making something good out of um, what you're given, um, to work with. Uh, anyway, so that's, that, that was a verse that I got thinking about as far as investing eternally. And then I got thinking about how, um, Adam didn't really seem to, um, think too much about that command, um, being fruitful and multiplying. He seems to be a little more fascinated with the tree in the garden, Mm. the marshmallow, (laughs) Um, I see what you did there. Yeah. Okay. So, um, 
so that's where, so that's kind of where I'm at. And then I guess, so this, gar- so this tree, the Nausicaan Nebula, it's kind of, it's, it's that point of fascination. That's like the only thing Adam has to sacrifice is just not, is that one tree in the garden, that one tree in the garden, that's what he's got to sacrifice. Um, and, uh, and then, and then, but God's trying to get him to think about the future with like be fruitful and multiply. Like that's your task here. And then, and then it's interesting to see, okay, after they eat the fruit, what's the consequence here? Like then God goes through and like lists all the consequences. And we didn't read this before on the podcast. So I'll read it now. Um, it says, so, okay, the serpent deceived me. So you replied, that's why I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause a stilly between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Actually, we did talk about that. Um, but that was just, and then we also pointed out that, that was like the first prophetic word of like Jesus coming mm-hmm. uh, but then this is the part we didn't read then he said so these are the consequences for the woman and the man so then he said to the woman i will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in and in pain you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband but he will rule over you and then to the man so that's kind of the consequences more um skewed to the woman so you can kind of get this picture that you know women and men are subject to like different um, different hostilities, mm-hmm. different consequences because of their sin. So, and to the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I command you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life, you will struggle to catch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you. Uh, though you will eat of its grains by the sweat of your brow, will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made for you were made from dust and so and to dust you will return so to me just reading those consequences i got thinking so the woman it was like about it was about pregnancy like giving birth it was like going back to that that first command be fruitful and multiply it's like i'm going to make that task be fruitful and multiply that's going to be more difficult and more painful for you um and then this man and the man's task um well he plays a large role and being fruitful and multiplying because he's got to provide for the family. Um, so, and he, so they kind of talk a little bit about that providing food and working the ground. That's going to work is going to become more difficult. So like Adam starts, so God starts making Adam think about how difficult the future is going to be because he didn't, wasn't able to make that sacrifice of, of not eating from, that one tree in the garden because because he wasn't able to sacrifice not having um ha- because he wasn't able to sacrifice having that uh one tree um he's now these are the consequences this what your future is going to look like so now adam's starting to think about the future and i've just i just noticed this for the first time verse 20 verse 20 i kind of want so then the man adam named his he never he didn't name his wife until at, at this point then the man Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. It's like she just, it's like he just clued in for the first time. This is, she's going to be the mother of all who lives. Like through her, um, we will fill, uh, fulfill what God originally intended for us was to be fruitful and multiply. Um, so I don't know. That's just where I, 
that's just where my mind went for investing eternally. But I really want to get what you guys think and uh, what you guys have thought about as far as Adam's life um, and, and Jesus's life. Hmm. That's uh, you gave us tons to chew on there. Nico, how, like, are you, are you jumping uh, in here? You got all the wisdom over on that I don't side. Oh man. I think you're a little more qualified than I am. So I'll let you go ahead. Unless, unless you need time to think and then. No, I, to be honest, Mike would say a point and I would think of like what it made me think of, but then he'd move on to another point. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll back up to, um, to the Genesis one, uh, be, be fruitful and multiply. Um, yeah, I definitely think the word that I've often heard associated with this passage is stewardship, right? Um, God, God mm-hmm. is giving, God is giving Adam this commission to, you know, to be really like the, the father of humans to be, um, yeah, to, to be fruitful, increase in number, but also it's a stewardship uh, over creation, like rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Um, when, when God creates Adam, he in a way is supposed to be God to the world. Right. And I don't mean that in a sacrilegious way, um, but like our job is to represent God here on earth. And so, um, you, you know, I think about on a wider level, just, uh, Christians or, or people in general who, who have no regard for, you know, for pollution or for um, other rights of humans or um, just taking care of the earth. Like one of our innate responsibilities that we've had since day one is to, is to not be about ourselves to not just be even about humans, but to be about everything that's ever been made. Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, mm-hmm. kind of thinking about the, the tree incident, one of the things, I know it's not specifically Adam, and I don't know if in other, in other passages you guys have talked much about the actual act of, uh, sorry, did I say other passages? I mean, other okay. podcasts. Uh, you guys have, <laughs> hmm. I don't know if you get. Have you been, hey, have you been, hey, have you been following along? I did ask you. Yeah, I've, I've listened, I haven't listened to, you guys have done four already. Yeah, yeah I, we're moving quite quickly. Yeah, actually. I listened to two so far, and not based on um, okay. based on like it was Dill and Bernsey. I think I've heard, and Bernsey was kind of like I wanted to know what I was what I was getting into <laughs> here, because um, he was the last one, right? So it's nothing against uh, the other two podcasts. I think I saw yeah. Fish's one, and is the other one just your intro? Yeah. yeah so no, I'll, I'll try to catch it. Like I got to hear what Fish had to say. Would have been beauty, I'm sure. But um, so I don't know if you guys have talked about the actual moment when, when Eve decides to eat the fruit and what was Adam doing and that kind of thing. But um, verse six of chapter three says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desiring, desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And so, Mike, you're talking about that marshmallow moment, which is a cool anal- analogy. By the way, Peyton wanted to blast it five seconds. She would have. <laughs> She would have crushed the malo and then been like, more, more, more. So just, just to insert that. But um, like part of her, like, yeah, Satan deceived her. And, and part of it was like the trickery and the temptation of sin. But part of it was like totally selfish, right? And so for Adam, if he was in that act with her, or if he was just being passive, like I think in other podcasts, you guys have talked about passivity and we got to reject that. Mm-hmm. Um either way like 
the whole reason that they eat it. There's a part of it that they're thinking in the moment. They're thinking about right now and the pleasure it's going to give me and what I could gain from it. And there's absolutely no sense of eternal thinking and, and thinking outside of yourself and investing eternally. Right. And then the other thing I was thinking while you're talking at, at one point there, Mike is for Adam, whatever his responsibility was and however he was responding as Eve made this decision, like, one of the biggest things I think with investing internally, eternally is, is thinking about the long game. Right. And, and for Adam, like what would have happened if he would have confronted Eve on yeah. that? Like if he, if he would have, you know, like I'll think about my marriage and like Aaron's a brilliant woman and there's times where like, I don't agree with her, but I am weighing to myself, like with myself, like, is this worth a fight? Um, like, is it, am I actually right? And is it worth bringing up or uh, like, am I even sure that this is a conversation? And so you're weighing this and was Adam sitting there saying like, you know, Oh, should she be doing this? Oh, do I want this? Like, you know, I just, I don't want to say something the text doesn't say, but what would it have cost Adam in that moment to say like, Eve, knock it off. We're not doing this. Um, And the short term sacrifice in their relationship, even uh, just to, to invest in the long game. No, God gave us one command and we need to obey it. Even if this is going to hurt our relationship to make this decision, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. I I do know what you're saying. Yeah. I think that's really good. uh, Um, Was there, was I was just saying like, go ahead. When I was thinking about like Adam and investing eternally, like that's the one thing that I kept on coming up was like, like, like he, he, he made a decision based off of like the short term feeling like feeling good in the short term, even though it'll cost him in the long run. And I think that's something like personally I struggle a lot with is like, like earthly being like in situations where I know like I shouldn't do this, but it like, it feels good right now. So I was just wondering if you guys have like any tips on how to like keep on thinking like, uh and for the long run you know if that makes any sense like how do you guys have any like ways of verses you you like remember or um studies you do that that helps you kind of focus on uh eternal glory um okay actually i'm really I'm actually kind of pumped you brought that up because there is something at least. So I think I said on the pot on a podcast before that I'm doing a study in uh, first Peter right now. So, um, and this one part, just like, I'm not, you know, some, a lot of guys like this is actually pretty, I think guys more so than girls are a lot. Like they're like, screw yep. you. I'll do my own thing. Mm. You know? Um, girls are way more like they're, they're more, Oh, go along with it. Go along with what authority says. Um, so for me, um, definitely respecting authority, um, is difficult Uh because sometimes you think you're above authority. Um, but, um, so, so anyways, though, you're Nick, you said, um, how can you like keep your mind on the long game? Is that so so to me, like there's this part in first Peter, uh, second half of chapter two, where it talks about, um, and it, it, 
sorry, it seems like it doesn't really apply that much because it's talking about respecting authority, but I'm not a huge fan of respecting authority, but like what I am a huge fan of is, and this first stuck out to me, it's like first Peter chapter two, verse verses uh, verse 19. It says, for God is pleased when conscious of his will, you patiently endure unjust treatment. Um, so it's talking about how, like a lot of times um, in life, in the process of, you know, us being sanctified, we're going to go through like difficult trials, difficult circumstances in life. And we're called to patiently endure that. And some of those trials and some of that treatment is um, caused by um, the authority um, that is above us, ruling over us. Um, it could be our boss at work or whatever. Um, so, but, but I find it so interesting that it's like, so you could, you could do that in this verse, it's, in verse, it seems to suggest you could do that. You could do that patiently um, and endure unjust treatment, but, but it may not actually be pleasing to God. It's only actually pleasing to God. If you're, if you're conscious of his will, while you patiently endure the unjust treatment. So that to me was like, whoa, that's cool. And then, and then you just see like when you look at, so then uh, Peter goes into talking about um, how Jesus, um, when he, um, it says he did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. Um, you know, when they, uh, when they accused him and put him on trial, like he just, he, for the most part, just stayed quiet and he let um, what was going to, and he'd let, um, he knew that his life was in God's hands and it was God's will for him to, in the end, be uh, crucified. So he just, he just like, let that, let that happen. He did not, um, he did not like butt heads with authority or yell at them or get mad right? He did not retaliate or insult them. Um, but because through be, and he was able to do this because he was conscious of God's will. So I think if you're conscious of God's will, conscious of God's will, and we talk about this, you got to, your responsibilities, work to do, will to obey, um, and woman to love and protect. Um, so if you're conscious of God's will, it's going to help you a lot, patiently endure, um, patiently endure and keep your eyes on the long game. Um, but how you're conscious of God's will is like, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's quite difficult. Do you got anything for that? Yeah, that was a man. That's a deep answer, Mike. Um, I, I really appreciate what you're saying about Jesus perspective. We, uh, you know, as pretty much every church did just recently going through good Friday and Easter. Uh, one of the things that we did for our church was each day of Holy week, that week before Jesus went to the cross, we, took a different saying that Jesus said either from the cross or right around the cross and just studied it. And the one that like, just, just knocks your socks off as, as he's like, probably the whole process uh, is he says, father, forgive them. Right. Like as, as probably as the soldiers are nailing his hands to the cross and his feet, like, and the way Luke writes the language that when he tells the story in the gospel of Luke, it's probably Jesus is saying it over and over and over again, like, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. And like, that's not our, that's not our instinct when we go through mm -hmm. stuff, right? Talking about, you were talking about suffering there, Mike. And um, 
like I think in, in in terms of that perspective, to go back to Nick's question with like how do you how do you help yourself think bigger than just this moment is I, I think I think you just you just need to learn more and more the mind uh, of Christ. Like Mike was talking about consciousness, like what, being conscious of God's will. And, and so as much as you can, and I think a lot of the guys who are hanging out with you guys with the Jivu boys, they're young, right? And it's so hard in your teen years or as a young adult, like I'm only 30. It's hard for me to think um, in the moment, right? Because, or sorry, beyond the moment, because, you know, what we're going through right now, like take, for example, people who were supposed to be graduating mm-hmm. this year um, in high school or, or college or whatever it is, like at this point in your life, this is probably one of the biggest setbacks you've had so far at 18 years old or 17 years old. Right. And now you're missing prom and grad and even maybe your first part of college university, if you're going to be going and like, that's in this moment, it feels like how could anything worse be happening in my life? But then maybe 10 years down the road, you go through something else. Right. And you're like, man, the high school thing was nothing compared to that, or it's just a different kind of suffering maybe. And I think as much as what I'm trying to get at in a slow sort of way is the the more that you can take yourself out of the moment for a second. And especially probably the best way to take yourself out of the moment is to be praying about it and to be just, just talking to God about it. Right. Um, and trying to, again, learn like, what would, what would Christ do in this situation? Um, you, you start to realize, okay, this, thing that I'm going through. Yeah, it stinks. And there's a real, I don't want to trivialize it, but my my life is so much bigger than this. So I think that's where, that's where I might go Mm -hmm. with it. Yeah. I think that helps answer the question. Um, I think that was a good leeway into trying to see what Jesus, how Jesus invested eternally. Um, So Mike, you got thoughts on that? For me, it's his mindset, like a lot of his, like the, how he devotes himself to God being con like how he's conscious mm-hmm. of his will. Um, like that, that is like, yeah. Like how can you be investing eternally if you're not constantly like drawn to the father to think about what's not on earth, mm-hmm. but think about what's in heaven um, to like, you need to take that time to, um, reflect on what the thing on the unseen, mm-hmm. the things you can't see and like, just let God speak to you. So um, yeah, that's in a huge way of how I see it in Jesus's life. I, I don't have a particular passage or anything about um, investing internally um, in Jesus's life, but Nick, I got a verse do, uh, what, here in Hebrews 12, kind of just uh, going off of like, what we i'll just read it here hebrews 12 1 uh we'll go one to four uh therefore since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially of this sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race god has set before this before us we do this by keeping our eyes on jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its its shame. Now he's sitting on the place of honor beside God's throne. Um, so, like the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Really, kind of sticks out to me. Um, kind of like going back on like keep fixing your eyes on like uh, 
what's the long term, not the short term. And I, and Jesus, I think there kind of exemplifies it because he endured the worst, the cross, right? He endured death and he knew death was was coming. But even after that, he knew what awaited him. So, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you said there, um, there was something about, I don't know if you could read it again, but like keeping your um, eyes on Jesus. Yeah, and let us run the race with endurance. God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initi- initiates and perfects our faith. Uh, because of the joy wedding him, he endured the cross. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that to me, like, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Well, like, I was thinking about that, like, the um, keeping your eyes on Jesus. Um, because it's just like, in, because then, like, when I thought about the be fruitful and multiply stuff in Genesis, and that made me think, oh, I have to read John 15. So then I just was reading that, and then it's saying, oh, John 15, verse 4, remain in me, Jesus, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is served from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So it's like Jesus is the way hmm. that we invest eternally. Is just how I kind of took that. Um, but yeah, just some thoughts there. Now, do you got anything? Yeah, the one, even as you guys are talking, the one, probably one of my favorite passages in the Bible, a similar theme, uh, Philippians 2, it's Christ, uh, Paul's trying to make the point that, that we need to think about the way Christ treated us when we are relating to each other. And uh, maybe you guys have heard this one before, but verse five, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing to take the very nature of a servant or a slave being made in human likeness. And that it goes on to say, not just a human, but he dies on the cross. And then at the very end of that, it flips and says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place. And that's, that's where it goes into at the name of Jesus. Everyone's going to confess it and bow down and, and that he's Lord uh, to the glory back to that topic that Mike's saying of God, the father. And so, you know, how do you, how do you invest eternally? Well, you, you lay down your life in a very real sense, right? Think about Jesus as God. Um, he came to be one of us. Like he had everything. He had paradise. Um, yeah. So it's, I, I, that's one of my favorite passages ever. Mm. So, so for me, it's kind of coming together full circle here that in, like investing eternally is really about sacrificing something now. Um, that's what, that's what I think it comes down to is sacrifice. Um, because the rewards you get actually in the book, um, how to raise a modern day night, Nick, they don't call it investing uh, eternally. A do what do they call it? The greater reward. Yeah, expects the greater reward. So it's like, hey, if you you could have you could have like uh, you could have a reward now, if you want, 
but the greater reward um, comes if you sacrifice something now. If you sacrifice having that mm-hmm. great reward mm-hmm. now, you'll I, get a greater reward. It seems so later. logical to, to uh, oh, I'll wait for the greater reward. Um, like once you're looking at it this way, but like when you're in the moment, it's so hard. Mm. Mm. When you can't see the greater reward, like in the moment for that, for that kid sitting there with a <laughs> yeah. marshmallow in front of him, he only sees that marshmallow. He only sees that one marshmallow. He has to, he has to like conjure up in his mind somehow, like, like two marshmallow, two hypothetical marshmallows in his mind. You know, like he has to make that up in his mind. Um, and when there's one real one in front of him, like I can imagine it's kind of hard. Um, but okay. Um, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Boys got anything else to add? Um, yeah. Hmm. Boy, I, know, I, miss you, I miss you guys like crazy and it's uh i gotta say it's so so neat to see to hear the stories of you know what the guys are up to now right like uh even you guys you guys doing this podcast and and just trying to to invest in the lives of other other young men um it it's uh it's so special to to get to hear and to get invited back and to to just get to uh you know talk sports talk talk Christ that's you know two of my favorite things I wanted to ask you one one last a sports question uh, I know you you love the Jays I was just wondering what what do you miss more right now the uh, baseball or playoff hockey she's you're gonna you're gonna put me at odds with people in different different uh, corners here but I would say like <laughs> I, I would say like this time of year, I'm always, a, I always lean toward which one's going into the playoffs. Yep. Right. Um, and so, so like playoff hockey, that's, that's just, that's where it's at. And, and, you know, I had some years just like we were talking about with the Sens where the abs were terrible and uh, you knew playoffs wasn't going to be happening. And so you, you start to get excited for opening day with baseball, but uh, and vice versa, you know, if we were in October and it was 2015, I'd be I'd be pretty excited about the Jays right now. Yeah, I'm missing uh, missing seeing the Leafs losing the first round. So, <laughs> you know, now they can say this would have been the year. You know, it it would have happened. We know it without a doubt. All right, I'll um. Uh, well, yeah, you've been a great special guest. I'll uh, like we're. We're off the record now. Like, I'll end okay. it somewhere here. All right, boys. I think, uh, yeah. Got a nice ice cream bowl calling my name. You're going to call it? Yeah, man. Oh, my. Yeah. Dude, I need to go for McFlurry. Do you actually? <laughs> Dude, um, 